0: This is an actual play of Hunter the Vigil featuring Rainy from Just Barbarian Things and Heretic from regular Everyday Normal Gamers Union. Chronicles of Darkness has themes of violence, horror, and may contain adult language. You have been warned. Alright, so before we get started in the story, let's talk a little bit about your character and establish some details.
1: Okay, that sounds good. And see, um, I was just now writing a, uh, not writing, but I was starting to gather some thoughts about how to get in into character and how to flesh flesh out this character, so to speak. So I was I was in that headspace already of thinking about those sorts of things.
0: Okay. So, why don't you start by just introducing everyone to the basics of your character, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your trauma.
1: Okay. Um, So, my character's name is Carter Whitechapel, and he is a vaguely middle-aged, average-sized white male, and...
0: He's super normal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely... uh, very normal man on the street uh nondescript almost i mean he's a pretty cool guy once you get to know him but you pass him in the grocery store you don't nothing you know jumps out at you about him other than hey it's a dude
0: all right so talk a little bit about his kind of family and professional background and all of that to establish some of the skills that you have
1: so carter grew up um in a uh, rural, which is one of my favorite words because I have such a hard time saying it, a rural American um, sort of agrarian family, Um, not necessarily on a farm or what have you, but uh, in that sort of small town, middle America. And he also had a strict um, Catholic upbringing which, uh, was something he maintained well into adulthood, um, as a devout Catholic. And as a, uh, um, you know, uh, an oaky, <laughs> a redneck, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't want to offend anyone, but I, I, in my experience, the hillbillies that I've met, um, they've, they've worn those sorts of, uh, terms as a badge of pride so that's the spirit in which i mean it so uh i don't mean any offense but uh, as as a rural small town type of boy he uh grew up more valuing the ability to work with your hands than to be the foreman you know or similar uh and that kind of followed him into adulthood and I'm sorry, your question was to talk about his uh, his background and then his uh, growth into an adult and career and stuff.
0: Just to provide some detail about his family and professional background because that's going to establish your skills that you've selected.
1: Okay. So he uh, graduated high school and he uh, immediately started working because throughout high school he worked with uh, – you know, doing, um, various construction jobs and stuff like that on the labor side and kind of worked his way up, uh, from there. So by the time he graduated high school, he was already, you know, starting to do journeyman level stuff. And, uh, within, you know, a few years of that, he had, uh, established himself as a pretty decent handyman. And, uh, this was when he met his, his wife, Sharon, And, um, they got married almost right away and started a, a family. And while this was happening, he was, uh, you know, bettering himself and struggling to do, um, better for himself and his family by, uh, going to various trade schools and so on and apprenticing himself wherever he could and also taking on, um, you know, uh, Contractor type of work, as he could to grow, you know, his own business is basically your handyman for hire, and so on. And his his church values kind of permeated that, you know, he uh, he was really what you would think of as a good guy, and he would do a lot of pro bono work for people who uh, were in need, you know, uh, sometimes to to personal, you know, at personal cost that he would do these things. And and so eventually he was able to start his own construction company and do a little bit better for himself and for uh, his family. And uh, I don't know how far you want me to, to take this.
0: However far you want to go.
1: Okay. So I guess when we meet Carter... Um, if we look back from, from where we are right now, if we were to look back two years, um, you would say that he is a success. He has a, a loving wife. You know, He is approaching 40, so he's on the, the downhill side of 30, so to speak, but he's built a successful uh, construction company from the ground up that employs about 250 people and uh, takes contracts and does projects across, um, you know the greater um, metropolitan area, I should say, of wherever he lives. So, for instance, uh, if you lived in, um, you know, what Phoenix, You know, it would incorporate Phoenix and all of the little municipalities around Phoenix and all of the little municipalities that are maybe a, you know, 30 minute drive outside of the greater metropolitan area proper, as well as maybe even uh, towns as far as an hour away. You know, I don't really know a whole lot about uh, Arizona geography, which is...
0: Well, 20. this is a good time to bring up, actually, where do you want this to take place, or do you want it to be sort of a generic place?
1: Yeah, I hadn't even really thought about that, other than um, he's from the country, but he lives in the city now, um, in in a kind of a suburb, you know, a very suburban lifestyle, um, and uh, that he lives now. So it doesn't really matter, because suburbs like that are everywhere Okay, we'll it's keep it it's America, generic. you know. It's the United States yep. is as specific as as I would get, um, and also avoid anything with like um, specifics, you know. Like, there's definitely a very specific uh, southwestern culture. There's a very specific uh, New England culture, and and so on. And I I don't want to you know again trash anywhere like. Um, the Midwest, quote unquote, the the quote unquote flyover states, you know, I don't want to say that they don't have that. They're completely devoid of culture. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a reason that call centers open there and that companies like to hire people from places like that, because it's a very, uh, neutral sort of, uh, Culture, I guess, in terms of accent and whatever else, I feel like I'm bagging on Midwestern culture. I don't mean to at all. I love the Midwest and and all of that. I'm I'm just saying.
0: Okay, it's so a thing we'll, that it's we'll not keep as distinct, it generic. <laughs> yeah, for now. yeah.
1: That that's um, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So, this, this guy's very not milk toast. He's not bland. He's not a pushover. You know, he's just again. He's there's just you know, he is your your standard, um, you know. Married father of two, white guy, which is just very dime a dozen right now, it seems like.
0: Right. So, married father of two, business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, until an event occurs.
1: So, poor Carter, he, uh, he had everything. He had the house on the hill, he had the successful business, he had the love and admiration of his community and his, uh, uh, colleagues co-workers and employees alike he was just all around great guy and he went out of his way to take care of people and to do what was right and it often cost him to do so in his business practices but he wouldn't do anything shady you know he wasn't just a A Sunday Catholic, you know, it really permeated his every aspect of his life in terms of he tried to take everything that he learned there and implement it into his everyday life in terms of what would be, you know, good and right. And he's lived his whole life like this, and it seems to have served him well. You know, he has a beautiful wife, Sharon, who is, you know, by all accounts, uh, Carter's a very lucky man, is the nice way to put it. Uh, To put it in a more vulgar way, uh, Sharon is a smoking hot milf, and uh, this engenders a great deal of uh, jealousy throughout the, the community. Uh, and he has a couple of great kids, you know, who are, um, all right. Uh, and he has, uh, two kids who are just, you know, super cool. Cause sometimes you have kids that are uh, full of the devil and other times you have kids that are just, you know, sweethearts and, uh, his kids are great, you know? Uh, and they were Let's see. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, that he's 38 and they got married uh, heck a young. So, he would have kids that were like 18 and 16. Right? That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. And they've just been great kids. Good academically, well-rounded uh, in terms of whatever else. Blah, blah, blah. Awesome kids. And... <laughs> And so he goes on a business trip. He hops in his work truck with his uh, suitcase of, you know, casual and business clothes, maybe a, a set of, uh, you know, golf clubs, whatever, because he's going to go meet with a potential client somewhere, expanding into a new city. You know, the business is growing So, he has this business meeting that he's going to about four hours away in terms of, I'm going to go with, you know, time as opposed to distance here for a measure of how far away it is. But if you imagine, you know, driving out of a city somewhere in the U.S. and where you could get in four hours, that's where he has this meeting. And while he's away, um, he gets. Uh, the call that no one wants to get that he has to come home immediately. Something terrible has happened and he just needs to get home right away and he can't reach his wife and he can't reach his kids. Um, and of course he's freaking out and no one will tell him what's going on. They just tell him like, you know, get home as soon as you can. So of course he, he rushes home and turning onto his street, um, he, he pulls up into, you know, his subdivision and he pulls up to where his house used to be. And it's just, uh, the block, not the whole block, but maybe, um, the house on either side of where his house used to be, the houses on either side of where his house used to be, uh, are kind of like cordoned off with like caution tape and stuff like that. And, where his house used to be, there's just a smoking hole in the ground. And he kind of, uh, you know, freaks out a little bit at this point. And then from, from there, you know, he gets in touch with, uh, you know, whoever you get in touch with when you're in that situation. I don't even really know what the reality of that would be, but he comes to find out that, uh, his wife and children, his whole family were, uh, victims of that fire and have passed on
0: right so the fire was ruled accidental just an issue with gas leak plus whatever
1: yeah there was some some accident with the you know gas and electronics in the house or something like that um but i would like
0: to establish right now um because this is part of your character's issue at this point is that there are a few details that just don't sit right with you where right. you don't really think that's what happened. Yeah. So let us officially establish a couple of those details. So why don't you tell me maybe a couple of the things that you're thinking that just don't make sense.
1: So I've cribbed heavily from uh, Chuck Palani- Chuck Palahniuk's novel Fight Club for this part because I don't really know anything about how a house burns down. <laughs> but um, – Basically, the official report is that the pilot light for the gas stove, uh, you know, somehow blew out and the house was filling up with gas as a result of that slowly, you know, over the course of several days while he was gone and um, while the family, you know, came and went and so on and so forth. And eventually it reached a level since natural gas is heavier. Uh, Than air, it fills the house up almost as though it was, you know, water. And it reached a level where it was on the same, you know, it was covering, I guess, so to speak, the uh, compressor for the refrigerator. And so when that kicked on, it had a, a loose wire and it caused a small spark which touched the whole thing off. And so there was not only an explosion, but also, you know, instantaneous. Flames and fire and horribleness, and uh, by all accounts, this happened in the middle of the night when the whole family was home, and uh, the house was engulfed in flames immediately. And fire department responded to it. The neighbors in the neighborhood responded to it, but uh, it was a total loss almost immediately, and uh, and that was the official report. But um, as a as a contractor as a construction worker, Carter definitely. Uh, is having some issues with that explanation because uh, the, he knows that the stove he installed uh, used a uh, glow point ignition system, not, not a pilot light ignition system. The pilot lights are somewhat uh, are archaic, I guess, at this point. And he also knows that his refrigerator's uh, compressor's um, system is enclosed and so even if there was some sort of like loose wiring or something that got chewed by a rat or something like that, um, the, the spark wouldn't come into contact with any of the surrounding uh, atmosphere, at least not in any significant density, to cause some reaction like that. So he doesn't know what caused the fire. Obviously something did, but the official report is definitely in contrast with what he knows of his house and his uh, uh, appliances and so on
0: all right um how about at least one detail that puts it a little bit beyond natural cause
1: so one thing that was interesting is that uh everyone's grateful that the fire didn't spread to uh engulf the whole subdivision you know didn't spread or anything like that and And the official report for that is, well, the fire danger just wasn't very high. It wasn't a particularly hot day. You know, it was, um, you know, early spring, uh, later fall, something like that, to where it wasn't hot. There wasn't a lot of wind or anything like that. None of the conditions that are ideal for the spread of fire. Um, But what's interesting is that the only damage to the houses on either side of Carter's Uh, was like radiant heat damage like there was a very brief intense heat that burned very hot and very quick and then went away and there was very little smoke damage to the homes as well so um, that just seems very strange for the type of uh, fire that they're saying was was the case here so uh, that was another thing that seems very fishy to him.
0: Okay. That sounds good. That gives us some things to help us establish looking into that later. So, it's been a few months since that happened and you have been as Carter anyway, um kind of obsessively looking into alternate theories and understanding what could have happened as you live out of your extended stay suite hotel thingy um, paid for by your insurance and everything. So what have you been doing in the, in the interim?
1: I've been uh, doing a lot of internet research, really looking into what could cause a fire that uh, would exhibit these sorts of symptoms. And anytime, you know, a book is recommended, maybe, uh three or more times by various sources i would purchase that book either from an internet source or go find it in you know the local uh occult shop on knob hill because every every city or town of any remarkable size has a knob hill with like you know occult shops and uh that sort of thing where they sell tinctures and essential oils and all of that hippie bullshit you know, that Carter would have referred to it as not me. I love all that stuff. Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's divorce me from Carter right now, just to make sure that, uh, that we have that clear. That's what Carter would have felt, you know, like, uh, so he'd run out and he'd ask him if they have, you know, whatever book. And, um, if they did, he'd buy it. And if not, he'd order it. Online, and he has been neglecting uh, his business entirely. He um, has his phone still for whatever reason, but he hasn't been taking any calls from any of the people concerned about him. Uh, even though it's been 216 days since uh, since the accident, the incident, and. So yeah, he's got uh, a few months of beard growth, a few months of hair growth, and a few months of, you know, get up, uh, pour yourself a drink, get on the internet, pick up where you left off, looking for what could cause a fire like that, and looking for, you know, who he might have pissed off to to uh, warrant this. And dealing with, uh, with his grief and anguish and anger and all of those things that come with, you know, losing your family in the blink of an eye.
0: Okay. So you haven't been answering a lot of work calls, but your executive admin, Minerva, has been sending you a lot of emails and a lot of voice messages and a lot of text messages, um, which you've seen whether or not you've responded to them. And she was very understanding, especially in the first few months, about you being gone. Um, She did a lot of the day-to-day anyway, so she doesn't need you there. But she's starting to get worried about you. And a lot of her messages over the last two months or so are just encouraging you to get out and do something. Um, Especially if it can be something that your employees see you see that you're going out to do so that you seem more normal and they can relax about their jobs. Because everyone's a little bit concerned that you might just cut and run and kind of dissolve the company.
1: Yeah, that definitely uh, is a reasonable concern.
0: So you have an employee, uh, Janice, who works at the front desk. And she's invited you to her poker night every month for the last two years that she's worked for you. And it's gotten to a point where, especially in the last couple of months, like I was saying, um, Minerva has brought it up as maybe this would be something easy for you to do. It's a really small group. You already know one of them. It's close to your house. You can just go out for a couple of hours, go back home, and maybe, you know, that it will reintroduce you to the social world again.
1: So, normally, I think that would be a little difficult if it's close to where my house used to be.
0: Well, where you're staying.
1: Okay. So, I mean, that's an important distinction that it's close to where I'm staying or it's close to my house.
0: Sorry. Because, it's, it's close to where you are living.
1: Okay. Just driving back into my old neighborhood might be a little traumatic, except uh, I've done that numerous times already, uh, revisiting the what I think of now as the crime scene. Okay. So...
0: Well, she continues to kind of nag you about it, for lack of a better term. Uh, You should go out. It will help if you get out of your hotel room. You should do something fun. Just get out for a little while. Please do it for her. (laughs) Um, So eventually, eventually, you're going to have to give in.
1: Okay. So, um... Yeah, I think I'll go for a walk and think about it. <laughs> and then uh, maybe I'll meet some colorful colorful characters on the street and, uh, and maybe talk to a bartender about it and finally decide, you know, okay, what's the worst that could happen? My, my life is already completely in shambles. So given that I don't really have anything to lose at this point, and I'm kind of at a standstill with my research right now. It would probably be good to unplug for a little bit. And then maybe while things are churning in my subconscious, I'll have a breakthrough and I can get back to it. Or when I get back to it, I'll see something that I missed.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you have you have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. You kind of pull up directions to Janice's place. It's an apartment building and kind of the old town or historical district of the city that you live in so what would have been kind of the center of town way back in the day but usually ends up being kind of the edge of town by time modern times rolls around um so it shouldn't take you too long to get there um or maybe
1: kind of like outside of downtown or is it more on the outskirts
0: um not too close to downtown it's okay. not a super busy area. It's more of like a quiet shopping district for the most part.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: So you let Janice know that you're going to be attending. She sends you back a response that is super excited. And she's so happy to introduce you to her apartment mates, like the people who live in her building. Um, and she says there'll be food and you don't have to bring anything. Um And she kind of gives you directions about where to go, because they actually have their poker night in one of the common rooms in the apartment building.
1: Okay. I'm going to stop on the way and pick up a uh, bottle of bourbon that I like to bring, mostly uh, to make sure that there's something there that I like to drink, but also it's polite. I haven't taken complete leave of my manners and so on.
0: sure. So you follow the directions on your phone, um, but they don't really account for some road construction that's going on. So you end up being just a little bit later than you expected. Um, But you find parking in front of the building um, and, you know, you walk up the stairs to the main porch area and you see it's one of those old, early 1900s buildings that has that bronze looking plaque on the front that marks it as a historical building and has some information and things like that.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, but before we get you inside or before we have you look around at all, talk to me a little bit about what you might be bringing in with you.
1: Um, well, normally, um, before the incident as a uh, business owner, um, while I was building my business, you know, that's, uh, Sort of rough can be kind of rough, and sometimes you work in rough neighborhoods, and oftentimes you have to make deposits and stuff like that from things that are being paid for. So I took early on, especially from you know being a from you know a more rural area. I took to uh, carrying a concealed pistol early on, and that was a habit that stuck with me um, well into you know when I took on more of a desk role, so to speak. Um, so normally that's something I would have but I've left that pistol in the uh, in, in locked in the hotel safe so that I don't have that with me. Um, really right now going into a poker party I would just have pretty much your basic stuff that any you know normal person would carry keys, wallet, the the bottle that I'm bringing, you know maybe a pocket knife that's about it.
0: okay. Okay, so going in pretty lean. You have your bottle of bourbon and your regular clothes. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing your work jacket?
1: Yeah, I have, because um, it's, it's still a little, um, a little chilly. I mean, in fact, depending on when, uh, the incident occurred, you know, we can, uh, make it such that, uh, it's it's cooler now you know like if it was early fall when everything went down maybe it's uh... i'd
0: say let's go with real time just to make it easy for us to find a starting point so you're late march right now and the event happened seven months ago based on your reckoning okay um so so it's still chilly you're not quite into real spring weather yet
1: Okay. So yeah, I would, I would have my, uh, my work jacket with the, uh, company information on it, you know, heavy canvas quilted, uh, and so on. And I would just take into just wearing my, my work boots that I would wear when I'd go on site and stuff like that, just cause they're worn in and comfortable and comforting. You know, they remind me of happier times and so on. And, uh, yeah, that's it.
0: Okay. So you're walking up the steps to the porch to where the little bronze plaque is by the main, like, double front doors. Um, Do you want to just go inside? Do you want to take a look around? What would you like to do?
1: Well, I've always been a, a fan of the historical buildings and stuff like that. So I'd like to take a look at that plaque.
0: All right. So the plaque says Hill Manor Apartments, Registered Historical Landmark. This building stands on the grounds of the original Hill Manor, home of Josiah Hill and his family. The hills were benefactors of our community in its earliest stages. Without their philanthropy and the jobs it provided, the city as we know it may not exist today. The original manor house was destroyed completely by a tragic fire. Construction of these apartments was completed in 1929. The plaque also includes a relief portrait with the name Josiah Hill underneath.
1: Okay, so reading the uh, the words consumed in a tragic fire, uh, it's going to kind of freak me out a little bit. Mm. And I'm just going to be standing there kind of just staring at this plaque, sort of... Um, if left to my own devices, you know, I might end up wandering the streets in a fugue state and committed to a state mental hospital. But it's my hope that since I was arriving at around the designated time, that maybe someone took notice of me and maybe Janice came out to like, I thought that was you. I blah stuff things or something like that might happen. So otherwise, he's just going to stand there and just kind of be like, Dang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a condition. Okay. This one, Shaken.
1: We need a butler.
0: I know, right? So we need to train a cat to carry cards. I'll be right over there. All right, so if you'd like, you can go ahead and read that into the record, as my favorite RPG podcast likes to say.
1: So Carter, my character, is suffering a condition called Shaken, not Stirred. Uh, It's actually just called Shaken. Sorry, but I couldn't resist. So any time that my character takes an action where fear may hinder them, you may opt to fail the roll and resolve this condition. So.
0: And when you resolve a condition, that gives you a beat, Hmm. which will be important to your experience earning self later.
1: Yes, yes, it will.
0: All right. So you're kind of just standing there staring at the plaque. And Janice actually comes up behind you, not from the apartments. Uh, Apparently, the construction is also making her run late to her own shindig. So she's, oh, Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter, thank you so much for being here. She likes calling you Mr. in your first name. She's one of those. Okay. Um, I am running late, so let me get you upstairs, then I'll run back down to my apartment and grab the snacks, and oh, this construction just never seems to be over.
1: Construction, right? <laughs> Who needs it?
0: <laughs> she says kind of embarrassed. Um, So she takes you up to the sixth floor it's the sixth floor common room that they use for the game um Um, go ahead
1: in in english would that be the sixth floor yes it would okay just curious
0: um i have not done localization um we're basing this in the united states right now
1: oh okay where they don't really speak english right they they talk American. american yeah fair enough
0: all right so Uh, One of the interesting things that you notice as she leads you up to the game location is that the only way between floors is one of those old school, like, gate elevators. Okay. Um, So she kind of loads you into the elevator, pulls down the gate, pushes the the big clicky button for six, and Ah. there's a lurch and you guys go up.
1: It's the top down sort of gate, not the side to side. Like the meet in the middle kind.
0: Yeah, almost freight-like.
1: And when she pushes the button, it's more like a key on an old school typewriter where there's a mechanical ka-chunk.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Very cool. Um, and so she takes you up to the sixth floor, walks you to the common room area. Um, and it looks like a sort of meeting room sort of place that you might, you know, sign up for if you're like the city watch group or something like that. A neighborhood
1: watch? Yeah. Okay.
0: And it's got, you know, beige walls with cracked plaster and dirty carpet that's just been walked on for since the building was built um, without ever being cleaned. (laughs) Um, And there is an open door to a storage closet that looks like that's where the game stuff is usually kept, so it doesn't actually live in anyone's apartment. Um, And you see that there is kind of an old ratty felt topped poker table you know the chips are out the cards are out and the rest of the people are kind of there waiting for janice to arrive so janice apologizes for being late she introduces you to everyone um and she says here why don't i get the first hand dealt out um and then when we move dealer i'll run down to my apartment and get the snacks and that will give her a chance to introduce you to everyone as well.
1: Okay. Is there um like a bar, so to speak, in this rec room?
0: Uh they've put out a folding table where they're going to be putting out the snacks and stuff like that.
1: But there's nothing there yet. There's no Dixie cups or glasses or there's, there's no refrigerator. Or anything
0: like, like um that. a torn open bag of like red solo cups basically that they pulled out of the closet and put on the table, but they haven't don't have any food or drink out yet.
1: Okay, and there's no uh, glasses or anything like no. that? No. Okay, just a torn open Dixie cup sort of thing? Yeah. Going on? Yeah. And no ice? No. And no sink? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, very very nondescript room. Yep. Very plain Jane. Okay, that's exactly. fine. All
0: right, so Janice introduces the game as Texas Hold'em. The most popular version of poker played in the United States.
1: The most popular version of Hold'em in the world. (laughs) I'd like to note that I would have walked over to the folding table and placed my bottle of bourbon on the table.
0: Okay. Do you pour yourself a full Red Solo cup of it? No, I do not All right. So um, Janice slips on her green visor dealer thing. Her little dealer visor. She gets into character, as it were. Um, And she shuffles the cards and um, kind of lets everyone know, oh, everyone, this is Mr. Carter Whitechapel. He'll be joining our game tonight. Um, And again, I'll go get the snacks as soon as we're done with the first hand.
1: Janice, would you be a dear and uh, bring down some glasses and maybe a, a bucket of ice? When you do that, please. Oh,
0: absolutely. I'm on the third floor, so I'll just run down in the elevator and I'll bring everything back up.
1: No worry. No hurry. Thank you.
0: So she starts to deal out the first set of cards to everyone. Um, So as she does, she kind of gives you introductions to who everyone is. So there is a woman sitting next to you. Um, She's late 20s. um, Kind of studious looking she has the glasses and everything um but very very fit like she looks like she's maybe a runner or something like that um and janice introduces her to you as rachel um and notes that oh she's a librarian at the university
1: okay um early 20s
0: late 20s
1: fit girl or late 20s late 20s fit girl librarian yes okay
0: no problems right
1: (laughs) i'm uh just all right a little (laughs) bit of fan service in this game ladies and gentlemen (laughs) nothing wrong with that
0: um the man sitting next to her is a substantially built sort of eastern block looking guy um and she introduces him as nikki
1: nikki about how old is nikki
0: uh, he looks like mid-30s, maybe late 30s. It's kind of hard to tell.
1: 36. Vigo type. Okay.
0: Um, And she says that he works at the corner store and he's just such a sweetheart.
1: Corner store worker. Does uh, Nikki say anything?
0: He kind of just gives you a nod.
1: Okay. So we don't notice an accent or
0: anything. Not yet. Okay. All right. And then the last man at the table, uh, she introduces as Michael. He's kind of one of those good looking guys in a disheveled sort of way. So okay. looks like maybe he shaves when he feels like it and his hair is kind of not really done and stuff like that. You know, the type.
1: So about how old is Michael?
0: Um, he is, again, probably similarly in his his early 30s.
1: 33, Michael, 33, David Tennant type.
0: And um, Janice says, um, he's a paramedic. We're so lucky he could make it to the game tonight because his schedule doesn't always match up. Okay. All right, so you have both of your cards um, from the first kind of deal. Oh. So what I need you to do mm-hmm. is to roll... Manipulation plus subterfuge to see if you can keep a straight face. So
1: that's the sound of my dice bag <laughs> opening.
0: It is very audible.
1: <laughs> it's quite taut, my dice bag. <laughs> One would say supple.
0: Uh-huh.
1: There's a familiar sound of dice hitting the table. And we are rolling Subterfuge. ...plus manipulation. Manipulation. And manipulation is an attribute. I have two dots of... Oops.
0: Are you dropping stuff already?
1: I have two dots of manipulation. And subterfuge is a social skill. And I have three dots of that. So... Given that my condition doesn't have any modifiers for that, my dice pool is five dice. And I scored no successes.
0: Okay. So your cards aren't that promising. And based on how the other players at the table are looking at you, you think uh, it shows. (laughs) So uh, do you want to chat with them now while you wait for uh, people to kind of place their bets and such, or do you want to wait through this hand first?
1: No, we'll wait through this hand first because, you know, you don't really talk too much uh, during this phase of a poker game.
0: It's true. And you're not socially net, you know these things. Mm-hmm. Alright, so um, at this point, based on your hand, you have some options. Um, you can fold, you can check because you're in you're next in, in line. You've already put down your little blind since you're next to the dealer. Um, you can raise or you can cheat. <laughs> so what would you like to do? I'm
1: definitely not going to cheat. I think I'll check.
0: Okay. So you check. Um, and everything kind of goes around. And with these first two cards, no one's really keen to raise at this point. So uh, nothing exciting happens. But let's see what the next what the little flop looks like. Alright, so you notice that one of the cards in the flop is one that makes your hand a little bit better. Uh, Might allow you to get something out of this. So, what would you like to do? Fold, check, raise, or cheat?
1: I will check.
0: Okay. So, Nikki raises another $5.
1: Okay. I will, um... What is that? Call? Yes. I will call.
0: <laughs> Alright, next card comes out. Again, it's one that looks really good for you. Okay. Alright. Um, let's see. Uh, do you want to raise or check at this point? That seems to be what you're doing. Um...
1: I will, uh... I will, I will raise, uh... $5.
0: All right. Uh, Rachel folds. Okay. Nikki and Michael call. Okay. Okay. The last card is revealed. Not helpful to you. Um, but your hand, it doesn't look bad. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. You did not do any bluffing or anything like that. You just kind of went with it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Michael raises another five dollars. Okay. Big spenders in this game.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll call.
0: Okay. Nikki shakes his head. He's like, "Ah, crazy bastards. And Uh (laughs) (laughs) folds. Excellent. Alright. Um, so you have to show your hand. Okay. Um, and it's, it's decent. Michael also shows his. He was bluffing a little bit, so his is not quite as good as yours, so you're able to collect the pot.
1: Excellent. I'm not going to gloat. I'm going to try to be a gracious uh, winner, because no one likes that kind of dick at a poker game.
0: Yeah. So um, Janice's like, oh, nice job. And she takes off her little visor um, and runs down to get the snacks and the glasses and the ice from her apartment.
1: Cool. Thank you, dear.
0: Oh of course. <laughs> Alright, so would you like to do any chatting before you well while you're shuffling, I suppose, before you deal out the next hand?
1: Absolutely. This is where this is where your chatting comes in handy. Not not comes in handy, but this is where your chatting happens, I guess I mean to say.
0: It is an appropriate place for it.
1: Right. There you go. Well said.
0: So everyone's sort of watching you shuffle except for Nikki who gets up and pours himself a solo cup of bourbon.
1: Cool. Well, that's why I put it on the table (laughs) for sharesies, so that's fine. I'm going to start going around the table in the order uh, they were introduced to me. Okay. So Rachel, uh, librarian, huh? That sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not technically the, like a head librarian or anything. I didn't major in library science. Um, my major is actually English lit, but, uh, it's my university job. So it's nice because I can still take some classes on the side. If there's something interesting that comes up, I just, I love just learning everything I can.
1: Hmm. That uh, that does sound nice. I've been embroiled in a lot of study myself lately. Um, where, where do you work?
0: So it's the state university that happens to have a campus in your city. Hmm. Since we're in generic land, sure. I don't have a specific one for you. But it's not like a private university or anything like that. Okay.
1: Cool. how long have you been there? If you don't mind me asking if I may be so bold.
0: Well, I've been working in the library like on a student basis um, throughout my degree, but I've been officially working there as a non-student for the last two years.
1: Oh, okay. So you finished up your, uh, your undergraduate work? Yes. And you moved on to graduate studies.
0: Um, I'm dabbling. I haven't really decided on a subject for my master's yet.
1: I know how that goes. <laughs> I got neck deep in, uh, in TIG welding, and then I just really got distracted by a MIG, and, and, uh, wow, it was really just, uh, a roller coaster, I tell you what.
0: She, like, laughs awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> Michael also gets up to pour himself a little bit of bourbon.
1: Nikki, how is the um, uh, brand name of bourbon that I brought? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it would be called. Hang on, hang on. I have, have a list of bourbons that I've been wanting to try in, in my phone. Let's see here. Oh yeah, okay. How's the Nikki? How's the Blanton's?
0: He seems confused by it, and then like realizes that you're probably talking about the bourbon because <laughs> okay. he didn't really even look at what it was when he poured himself a glass of it. Okay. Um, he's like, "Oh yes, thank you. It's uh nicer than I'd usually get."
1: Oh, okay. Well, I hope you enjoy it, buddy. It's uh, that's why that's why it's there. I haven't tried Blanton's myself. I'm usually a Basil Hayden's man myself, but uh, this looked nice, and I thought I'd I'd be meaning to try it for a few months now.
0: Yes, nice. He's not a man of many words.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. The corner store uh, down down on the corner right here of, uh, Harble and Blarbada that I passed on the way over?
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, family-owned place.
1: Cool, it's, uh, your family
0: then? Not my family.
1: Not your family. <laughs> well, Family well,
0: is not, uh, not, not here. Okay, alright.
1: A franchise opportunity. Retire to Florida, I get it, it's cool, you know. Not a, not a huge deal we'll right on, I hope that, uh you enjoy enjoy it
0: it's a living
1: <laughs> do you have any any hobbies i mean i don't want to think of you as uh nikki who works at the corner store what who who is nikki in terms of how do you get down on the weekends
0: i work weekends mostly <laughs> okay
1: well i can tell I can tell you're a man a few words nikki i'll uh i think to myself so i'll leave you for now uh let's see michael yeah 33 david Tennant type paramedic yeah looks Um, a
0: little tired
1: i hear you almost uh didn't make it michael
0: it's uh you know it's hit or miss if my schedule matches up for for poker night so Not much i can do about choosing it
1: this is a regular thing that uh, janice has then every month who's uh who's your third usually then i mean if i'm here i feel like i'm filling an empty seat
0: well, i mean sometimes it's just it's just us and sometimes uh like we'll get ben down the Done on the fifth floor, like Keenan, he's just down the hall. And they'll stop in sometimes, but we're the core group here. Janice kind of, she collects us, I think, for this game. And then we end up staying because it's actually pretty fun.
1: So if you're not here, and I'm obviously, I've never been here before. uh, Some nights it's just uh, Janice and you, Rachel, playing poker.
0: Nikki pretty much makes it every week, or every time that we do it every month.
1: Okay. Well, very cool. Good old Nikki. Pillar of the community, eh, Nikki? salt of earth Fantastic. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. So you get ready to deal out the the next hand, waiting for Janice to return with the snacks. And suddenly you hear two gunshots from upstairs okay yeah so um there's a few seconds of silence and then a third
1: so we're on the sixth floor you Sorry, are we're on the sixth floor yes
0: all six of them <laughs>
1: and janice's apartment that she went to was on the third floor yes and we heard a couple of gunshots ring out from upstairs. Yes. Quote unquote. And how many floors is this apartment building?
0: You remember when you're in the elevator that mm. there were floors labeled all the way up to seven and then another button for penthouse.
1: Okay. Um. <clears throat>
0: Sorry. Sorry, we have a parrot, just for the record, <laughs> in real life. <laughs>
1: yeah, just to, just to let everyone know, the, the second player in the game is our parrot.
0: So almost immediately after that third gunshot, there is a tiny, almost imperceptible shudder in the building. Like a minor earthquake that kind of shakes the poker chips on the table slightly.
1: Like a, like a thud, maybe, like
0: uh, No, it, like, shakes the whole building.
1: So it's not like someone pushed over a refrigerator. No. It's is the whole building. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. So I guess the question yeah, is, um, do you run towards the gunshots to investigate it, or do you sit tight and call the authorities? Um, in reality, I think it's most normal people's... Uh, base instinct to not get involved. Right. Um,
0: so while you're kind of pondering through that, Janice runs back into the room. Okay, She's pale. She looks pretty shaken up. Um, and she is snackless, glassless, and iceless. I see. Um,
1: well, I think that it would be my instinct, actually, in my current state to uh, run towards the sound and investigate it because... Um, I feel like I wish someone had been able to uh, do the same thing for my family and not just be a
0: bystander. So you're just gonna run past Janice. who looks all scared and sad?
1: No, no. Uh, <laughs> what I want to make clear is that that's where I would have I would like have met her at the door on my way out. okay' as no, that's she was fair. Coming
0: So in. you're running towards the elevator. Mm-hmm. She's coming from the elevator. She looks really freaked out.
1: all right. Janice, what's uh, what's going on?
0: She's like, uh. Look, I I'm sure it's my fault or maybe the elevator's broken, but I I can't get down to my apartment. It can you show me what I'm doing wrong?
1: Uh sure, but uh Listen, sweetie, there's been there's been some gunshots.
0: What gunshots from
1: upstairs. I
0: didn't hear anything.
1: Well, you're probably in the elevator and maybe it was something localized above our rec room or something, but we should get up there and check it out. Um question did anyone else that was in the room with me hear these they
0: react in the same way react in the same way that you did and actually when you ran out like they kind of followed after you um not quite sure where you're going but like they went to check it out maybe to go check on janice as well um and so they're they're with you in the hallway outside the elevator
1: okay um well we probably shouldn't take the elevator uh but you haven't been down to your apartment at all yet. You've been stuck in the elevator this whole time.
0: Let me let me show you.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Um, I don't have time for this, but uh, yeah, let's. All right. Go uh, ahead and roll elevator. wits
0: plus composure. So the old perception.
1: <laughs> this is a fairly decent roll for me. The dice pull of six. So hopefully. Oh six. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dice full of sick. So hopefully we have a little more success here. Okay. And I rolled one nine.
0: Okay, so you have one success.
1: So I have one success.
0: Well, the nice thing about this system is one is all you need. It's kind of like cock (laughs) push-ups.
1: Yeah, one is all you need.
0: All right, so looking around... Uh, a window catches your eye because when you got here, you know, it was round about dinner ish time, like late dinner time. So, not super dark or anything. But when you look out the window, the view is black. Like, not nighttime, not street lights, not stars, not lights in other buildings. Blackness. Okay. Um, you can't see the street below you. Everything has vanished, like the building is hanging in a void.
1: Okay, that's not normal. No, it's weird. That's kind of weird. Um, Now, I see this as though from a distance with the window. So I look at a window that's maybe 10 feet away, and I see there's blackness over it as though maybe a black cloth has been dropped over it from the outside. yeah,
0: absolutely. Is what...
1: It's what it seems like, yes. maybe from that distance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So this is when we're going towards the elevator.
0: Yes. Okay. Because, like, the kind of vestibule that the elevator sits in has windows in it. The way that it's set up in the building.
1: Okay, and Janice is probably babbling this whole time about her experience. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pause Jan Janice. Hold just, just uh, sweetheart just. Hang on for just a second. Just one second, okay? Can you do that for me?
0: All right. She's like, gets really quiet. I'm
1: going to walk over to the window, right up to it, and peer out of the window to see if I can discern what's blocking it, because my mind right now is trying to explain what I'm seeing in mundane terms. Right. So really it's racing right now that maybe there's been some sort of building quarantine or something where there's just been this drape dropped over it or something like that. And I remember I watched a movie uh, with Justin, my son, recently um, about... Not that recently. (laughs) It it seems like just the other (laughs) night in my mind and in my heart.
0: (laughs) Which I'm breaking. (laughs) (laughs) That...
1: uh... That there was a movie where that happened, where the tenants of a building got quarantined inside it. And uh, and it reminds me of that. And I think, is that happening to me right now or what's going on? So I I stride to the window quickly, as quickly as I can. And I peer out it very closely.
0: Yeah, and you can't really see anything. So if it is something that's covering the building, it's not something that has any sort of translucency um so you're not able to determine what may be beyond
1: so this is a depth depthless formless black yes so i can't discern that it's a black cloth or a tarp or anything like that no or anything that's casting a very deep shadow this is the kind of black that if you stare into it long enough your mind starts to invent things in it because as stephen king once wrote if given a knife and a hand to hold it in, the mind would try to eat itself. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's that kind of It is that kind of blackness. blackness. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to back away from the window, still looking at it.
0: it. So Janice is kind of talking to the rest of the group now because he walked away and she's like, "I, I don't know why it won't let me go down to my apartment. I don't know what I'm doing wrong.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm going to wrench my eyes away from this uh, window. Sure. And I'm going to look at the other windows just briefly. I'm going to glance at the other windows. Because they all look the same. It was said that there are windows.
0: Yes, plural. there are multiple okay. windows.
1: And just a quick glance at them shows me that they all look the same.
0: Yes. So Janice is talking to the group in talking in quotes. I mean, she's kind of gibbering at them um, while you look out the windows.
1: So I'm going to let Janice's uh, blabbering uh, wash over me like a small wave I can afford to ignore for now. Okay. Uh, because, there, I mean, obviously there's something up with this uh, darkness, this preternatural darkness.
0: Sure. I mean, maybe. Who knows?
1: And, you know, I'd like to see what I can discern about this because uh, not only do I have some occult expertise. Yes. Due to my recent study, but I also have an eye for the strange.
0: All right. So why don't you go ahead and use your eye of the strange merit ability. You can talk about how it works and then we'll see... What it allows you to discern.
1: So, Eye for the Strange uh, allows me to determine whether something comes from natural or supernatural origin, uh, which seems at this point sort of a, a no brainer, but I think it'll enable me to kind of calm down because I'll be, I won't be in this waffle state of what's going on. Oh, like, no, at least, either or. So, the role for this is uh, uh, intelligence plus composure, and if I succeed, I confirm there is a supernatural cause, and provides one piece of uh, of evidence. Yes. But if it's an exceptional success, let's see, int plus composure, which could happen if I roll all five successes.
0: <laughs> or you get some tenigans. against.
1: There, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. It would also yield a clue to what type of creature is behind the phenomenon.
0: Now, if it is not supernatural, because at this point, as far as you know, it could just be some sort of weird natural occurrence. Right. Then that would also give you some bonuses if that turned out to be the case. Right. Which is not likely that it could happen. So go ahead and make your roll.
1: Okay. So we're doing int plus composure for this here. You know what? I think I'd like to risk some risk a willpower on this roll. Sure. So um what I'm going to do is wager one willpower and I'm going to gain three dice.
0: right. you're gonna take the three dice.
1: And take the three dice to this roll. And hope that I succeed. Obviously, I'm going to hope for an uh, exceptional success, but.
0: You'll just, settle for a success? I'll, I'll settle for <laughs> a all success. Right. So, hunters, while you're rolling, hunters are able to risk willpower, which means they don't actually spend it unless they fail. Uh, and if they succeed, they actually get an additional willpower back as part of the bet.
1: So, out of all of those dice, I got one nine.
0: Which is a success.
1: Which is a success.
0: So you may gain a willpower.
1: Okay. So I'm going to fill in an additional circle of willpower. Okay. I mean, that's how that works. That's how that works.
0: I would note your normal maximum, because if you lose willpower, that's as far as you'd normally go back up. But yes, you can do that. So I'm
1: going to put above this here a 5 in parentheses and what that means is that's my normal max okay <laughs> sorry there's something about this setup just as an where you have to do npr voice where i feel like i have to do like and welcome to the jazz hour i'm your host milton peabody
0: like i don't know what it
1: is so it's gonna take take me a little while to get over i think
0: okay sorry so you have a success yes so based on what you have been intensively studying in the last seven months you and your experience in life in general you are absolutely certain that this is not a natural darkness even where you are in the city you know for a fact that you can see stars from here Um, and even if you were going to give the whole light pollution sort of excuse for it there's no light which is very strange in a city which is what you are in um, so it's not explained by blackout because the building still has lights um, so there are just a lot of little pieces of evidence that tell you that this is not a normal natural occurrence
1: So when you're in a city even an older part of of, of a city whatever and you're on the sixth floor of a, you're on the sixth floor of a building right you and you look out the window, You can see all sorts of city lights. You can see the street.
0: You can see the building next door. (laughs)
1: The building across the way, the building next door. I mean, there's a view. (laughs) Some some buildings charge a premium for such things. So even, even dead of night, in blackest night, even during a blackout, you can discern something. Even if it's a new moon and there's a blackout, you will still be able to see something.
0: Right, so Janice is leading the rest of the group to the elevator.
1: Okay, so that—that's my one piece of evidence that we just discussed. Yes. Okay, so she's she's urging everyone to the elevator. Yes. I don't trust it.
0: All right, so you're gonna stay outside. Yes. Okay.
1: I don't. I don't. I think that there's something shady going on based on this. That her. Uh, Desperate demeanor to get everyone to the elevator seems a little trappy okay. uh, to me. And I'm not, uh, this isn't, you know, I'm not metaing this. You know, my three dots in subterfuge and my specialty in spotting lies mm-hmm. makes me very skeptical of her behavior.
0: Well, do you want to roll? Yes, I do. Okay. So let's go ahead and do um, intelligence plus subterfuge okay and do you have a specialty in this
1: i do well in spotting lies yes so if that would apply yeah it would in 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 bullshit sense my bullshitometer. meter yeah okay so that's an extra is she die.
0: is she lying about the elevator not letting her go to her apartment
1: yeah okay oh an eight yes one success
0: she seems to be legitimately shaken And terrified at whatever has happened to her in this elevator.
1: Okay. So she's not knowingly leading
0: us to a trap. Exactly. So would you like me... To, would you like to stay outside and I can tell you what you notice or see? Or would you like to go inside and I can tell you what you notice or see? I'll,
1: I'll uh, err on the side of caution here. I'm really regretting leaving my pistol at home at this point.
0: <laughs> uh, so she is kind of like as she's closing the gate and everything, she's like, I, I don't know what could be wrong. I mean, you'll see. And she closes the gate and you hear the mechanical sound of her hitting a button Chunk. inside. Um, and then you see the elevator go down. And then moments later, you see the elevator come from above you and go past you and stop at the floor below you. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and do some breaking point rolling. At this point. Okay. I think I had you know what that roll was.
1: Yeah, that's resolve plus composure.
0: Okay. So I am going to go ahead and give you one bonus die because you already know that something weird is happening. Because you were able to confirm it with your sense.
1: Right. Okay. We really need a rolling box.
0: A dice tower, if you will.
1: Uh, I was just thinking a shallow box, like maybe the lid to a shoe box lined with felt where you throw them into that sort of thing. Okay. So I got one ten. Oh,
0: roll it again. So I'm going to roll that again. Ten again.
1: (laughs) And it was a one that time.
0: So so it doesn't do anything, but that's fine. Yes. All right. So you have a success, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you do not lose any of your integrity. That's good. Um, And I'm not going to give you a new condition because you're already shaken. So, you're kind of just persisting in that state. Mm -hmm. Things are going very strangely, and you don't really know quite what to make of it. Um, But at this point, you've noticed that they've stopped, the elevator stopped to the floor below you. Um, After a few minutes, you hear kind of farther away from you now obviously the sound of the click again an elevator comes back up to the sixth floor sixth (laughs) (laughs) um and everyone inside just looks really confused and uh rachel says she pushed three i saw her push three but when the doors the little arm went to three but when the doors opened it said five
1: Yeah, so what's really going to bake your noodle, Rachel, is that standing here, I saw you guys, I saw the elevator descend, and then I saw it descend from above us, and then pass this floor and stop at the fifth floor. I watched that happen.
0: I think she looks more confused than anything at that statement. Like, she's not really processing that at this point. Um, what the fuck are we going to do?
1: So, we might be stuck here, but in my experience, in the case of any sort of emergency, what's the number one thing that the signs all say in common? Fuck the elevator, take the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I say... Um, there's some crazy shit going on here. Um we came out to investigate what was up on the um, floors above us, the 7th and penthouse floors, but whatever at the at this point, I think that we need to uh get out of here. In fact, I think it's high time we call the authorities.
0: All right, so you take out your phone. Yes, I do. All right. And you try to dial 911.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I unlock my phone with my fingerprint or my code or my
0: totally unlocked
1: drawing pattern or whatever. Yeah. And I look immediately at the bars of signal. Do you? Because it says no service. Okay. And I'm going to say in quite movie fashion to my party, if you will (laughs) Shit, guys, I don't have any service.
0: So, everyone has a smartphone.
1: <laughs> everyone has a smartphone.
0: Um, And even, everyone... Even Nikki
1: has a oh smartphone. Oh, no, his
0: is actually a really nice smartphone. His is the latest series. Like, he has a, a 7 Plus. Um, It's a nice phone. Okay. So, in a leather wallet case sort of thing. So, yeah, he. Uh, everyone takes out their phones and they're like, yeah, I me mean neither. Who are you on? And, you know... Nikki says, I got Verizon. No service here. Um, and, you know, Michael's on t mobile He has no service. Uh, Janice has Sprint because, you know, Old Faithful. Still no service. <laughs> okay. But uh, Rachel also has Verizon, obviously, same issue. So no one, despite their carriers and phone differences, seems to have any service in this building right now.
1: Okay. So... Let's check out the stairs. We need to, I mean, you know, clearly we need to get out of here.
0: Michael says, well, there aren't stairs. There's the elevator and, I mean, I guess we could find a fire escape.
1: Wait, there's no stairs?
0: Yeah, it's a weird building.
1: Clearly, (laughs) this shit is not normal. But there not being stairs, just there can't be up to code.
0: I don't know, something about grandfathering, I don't know. It's a question I think all of us ask at some point when we move in here. Like, the cool freight elevator, very helpful for moving all of your shit up to the sixth floor. Uh, But not so helpful when someone else is taking it down from the penthouse and you have to wait for it to come all the way back up. Hmm.
1: Well, now would be a good time for that because apparently (laughs) it doesn't ever. Anyway, yeah, let's, uh, does anyone's apartment have a fire escape in it?
0: Nikki's apartment is 6A. Um, So his apartment has access to the fire escape pretty directly without having to go on the ledge or anything like that. Actually, everyone in this group except for Janice has an apartment on the sixth floor. Janice is the only one who's on a different floor.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Rachel says, we need to figure out what's going on here. I agree. Michael first... says, we need to figure out if everyone else is okay. And Nikki says, those gunshots were... Not from the seventh floor. That's too close. They sounded like penthouse. Hmm.
1: Okay. So, Rachel says we need to get out of here.
0: Rachel says we need to figure out what's going on. We need to
1: figure out what's going on. Michael wants to make sure everything's okay. Yes. Nikki puts in that uh, his experience... With uh, gunshots in his immediate vicinity, yeah, indicate that they were from the penthouse, not from the seventh floor. Too close. So I'm going to trust his word for for that, and I'm also going to want to help Michael because I know somehow from my uh, over the course of the my career. I know that in a situation like this a paramedic is um you know a a working certified uh paramedic first responder type person is legally obligated to assist in a situation like this so and he's probably a cool person on top of that so he's just gonna be driven to do that anyway so I'm going to support him in that.
0: Okay. So you and... basically have kind of four different viewpoints, obviously. Um, but they're going to kind of look to you because you seem the most calm and seem to have the best handle on this situation so far. Mm-hmm. But Michael definitely wants to start looking for other people. Um, Rachel wants to solve the mystery. Um, <laughs> Nikki thinks that maybe he should go to his apartment and get some supplies. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Janice is freaked out and just wants to go home.
1: All right. So all of you are going to wait here. Uh, which one of y'all is closest to uh, Janice? I don't mean physically. I mean uh, friends-wise.
0: Uh, Rachel kind of goes over and comforts her.
1: Okay. So since I'm a successful business owner um, and I'm the boss in that scenario. Right. And I have been for many years. Oh, of course. Uh, kind of taking charge sort of just comes naturally to me. Yes. So it's a role I just sort of fall into. Okay. So I'm going to tell Rachel, I need you to talk to Janice. and I need you to calm her down. Okay. Um, If you can do that, that would be very helpful. Uh, I want you guys.
0: I'll try. So she's literally going to try because Janice is starting to freak out. So let me see if she has the dice to do that. She does not have a lot of dice in this category. (laughs) She She is not successful. Janice starts to like loudly freak out. So she's saying, hi, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to let her have her little meltdown. Okay. Um, The worst that's going to happen is she's going to hyperventilate and pass out and start breathing normally. I think Michael knows this as well. So... He's probably not necessarily going to be worried about it. Uh, what we don't do is go full-on madmen and like slap, quote-unquote, a hysterical, quote-unquote, woman or some bullshit like that. Yeah. We're Michael's just going to run over really
0: quickly to see if he can calm her down.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: So he said, Janice, Janice, we're just going to get everything together. We're going to put it all together. We're going to make sure... That everything's okay so that we can get you home. But we have to figure this out first. So I just need you to be quiet just in case there's something weird going on. We don't, don't need extra attention right now. We're just going to be calm and we're going to figure it out.
1: So while that happened, uh, I told uh, Rachel to calm her down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I looked at Nikki and Michael mm-hmm. and I said, just wait here. I'll be right back. And I left. Okay. So this happened while I wasn't really there. Okay. But you
0: hear them. Right. Because
1: all I'm doing is I'm just running back to the rec room real quick to grab the bottle of bourbon and come right back. Okay. That's all that is sure I want to do.
0: As you're coming back, you notice what's happened is that Nikki's kind of walked out into the hall to kind of watch where you've gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Michael and Rachel are still hanging out by Janice, who has calmed significantly.
1: Michael is a smooth operator. Being a David Tennant type, I'm sure doesn't hurt that <laughs> when trying to talk a woman down.
0: <laughs> so she's quiet and she kind of looks around. She goes, where is everybody?
1: I don't I don't know, but I think there's a couple of things that we need to do, okay? Number one, I think... We need to go through Nikki's apartment to get to the fire escape anyway. Yeah. So let's go ahead and head there right now. And then what we're going to do is we're going to use the fire escape to head up to the penthouse to see what's going on. And this is stuff that uh, Carter is actually saying to the party. Okay. Here's my plan of action. Here's what we're going to do. Right. So... um, Nikki, you said we need to swing by your apartment for some supplies and also noted that you have uh, fire escape access. So that's perfect. Let's go ahead and pick up whatever you need. Um, You know, if you need to get one of those funny Russian crosses with too many arms on it, whatever, fine. (laughs) Let's go there and pick up whatever you want, you know, your your polar bear, Uh, (laughs) I don't know what you're into. It's kind of racist. <laughs> it's more like nationalist. I don't. I don't know. But uh, you know, I've always used humor as a coping mechanism. So I'm just joshing you, big guy. It's okay. You know. I'm
0: we'll, sure you'll get better as time goes on.
1: I gotta say, I've been doing it for this long. <laughs> it's stayed pretty bad, but. <laughs> Luckily, that's not my day job. All right. He's already
0: kind of walking towards his apartment.
1: Fantastic. We'll follow him.
0: Yeah. Everyone else is kind of trailing behind. I want you... Actually, I'll go ahead and do it. I'm going to roll this D10 right here. This one right here. All right. It's really quiet. So, um...
1: Almost too quiet.
0: it's, It's definitely like you don't hear anyone else on this floor right now. Um... But yeah, nothing, nothing really weird. So you get to his apartment. Uh, he opens the door and kind of just like shrugs and like leaves the door open so that you guys can all come in. Um, and he starts kind of like going through things and grabbing some stuff. Uh, and he kind of gestures to the window at the back of the living room area, which is just off the kitchen, um, because there's the fire escape outside.
1: Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, take a look at the window and the, and the fire escape.
0: All right. So you go to the window um, and you can see the fire escape right outside, um, kind of illuminated by the light from the apartment. And beyond that, nothing.
1: Okay. Um, does the window open? I know in a lot of old buildings like this, sometimes they're painted shut and similar, which is bad against yeah. fire code and whatever else. But, you know, you
0: have seen like, in examining the other windows that you've looked at, a lot of them have been kind of painted over. This one seems very specifically to have been made sure it can open. <laughs> um, it looks like he's kind of maintained this window in case he needs it. So this one does open.
1: Okay. Well, you can tell by kind of rustling its jimmys a little bit and looking at it that it'll open, but I'm not going to open it right now. Okay, sure. So we know that we're ready to go on that front. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in on Nikki and see if he has his shit together in a shit backpack.
0: Yeah. So. If he's
1: ready to go. Yeah.
0: Nikki and appears to be.
1: Kind of stride into the other room. Like, did you get whatever is so important that you need to get? Can we, can we get on, to get out of here now? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. What, what did you need to get anyways? If, if that's uh, any of my damn business.
0: Just, the, you know, if I have to hit something, it's nice if it's not just my fist. Hey,
1: fair enough. I can respect that. Um, and I kind of think at this point that uh, Nikki's a bit of a hammer. So, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and to guys like that, everything looks like a nail. So I'm going to keep half an eye on, on Nikki. Sure. As far as that's concerned.
0: Okay. Let's plan, boss man. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> We're gonna hit the fire escape and head up to the penthouse. Uh, do you know how to get there from here?
0: It's it's up.
1: Fair enough. It's
0: the top floor. I, uh, I, I mean, we can we can see what happens. I don't know how fire escape attaches penthouse.
1: Okay, and that's what I meant. Obviously, it's up. When really, we can't take that for granted at this point, given the wonky elevator. But we can. For right now, assume that it's up uh, two floors. and But, you know, we don't know if, yeah, the fire escape attaches in the same way because fire escapes are typically uh, to go down. Right. And so taking this one up, you know, maybe it only goes to the seventh floor and the penthouse has its own or who knows, you know. But we're going to find out. Okay. So...
0: So every, do you want everyone to go up with you?
1: Yes. Okay. I mean, assuming they want to, I'm going to tell everyone this is what we're planning to do, but I mean, I'm not here to force anyone to do yeah.
0: anything. No, everyone seems interested, really, except for Janice, who's just mostly interested in not being by herself.
1: So if everyone else is going, Janice is going. Yes. Cool.
0: So everyone kind of gets out into the old fire escape in the inky black nothingness, which... uh. Let's see, let's see how badly freaked out people are by that. Because you didn't tell anyone about... Did you but tell them about the blackness? No. Okay.
1: No, I don't want to freak anyone out. No, we're well, basically... Now, they're, now in, they're in it. This is true, but we're basically in don't look down mode.
0: Right. Let's see. So Rachel looks super bewildered by this state of affairs. Like, not scared, though. She seems very, like, focused on figuring out what this is. Um, Nikki kind of shrugs and goes up after you. And Michael.
1: So I'm in the lead at this point. Yes. Just to be clear. Yes. Okay.
0: Michael also just has, like, a determined set to his jaw. Um, so it seems like the only person that really takes significant notice of it is Rachel. Janice practically has her eyes closed. She's just hanging on to Rachel going upstairs. So, um, but nobody freaks out and falls off or anything. That's good. All right. So you're on the sixth floor.
1: So I didn't have to roll for freaking out because I already... You've seen
0: this before.
1: ...knew what was up.
0: Yes. This is not a new experience for your brain. All right. So you guys are heading up. Yes. So you get up to the seventh floor.
1: I'm still carrying my bottle of bourbon.
0: Okay. And as you kind of go past the sixth floor, um, you notice that like the wind here really picks up. And it's like starting to like whip around and like make it very difficult to keep your grip on the fire escape. So what I'd like you to do...
1: Well, there doesn't seem to be a limit on eye for the strange, like, once per whatever or any of that shit. Like, I can just do it whenever something tickles Yeah, it would have to be something bone. different
0: because you can't roll it on the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. this
1: wind out of nowhere yeah. seems a little strange.
0: Wow, really strange. Yeah,
1: so i want to check that out
0: okay. with my Before for you for the do, strange. To make sure that you can use your eyes for the strange, um, I want you to go ahead and roll um let's see we'll do dexterity plus athletics
1: oh that's a bad one for me that's only two dice
0: well do you need to spend willpower or risk willpower yeah
1: i'm gonna risk a willpower i'm just
0: letting you know reminding you that if you fail it is a critical disastrous horrible failure
1: you know that can happen Yes. sometimes in this game that's what happens that's what happens man that's what happens True. So we're going to see what happens. Okay. Okay. And yeah, not a single success.
0: With your extra dice? Is that what you took?
1: With my extra dice.
0: All right. So not only do you lose your grip, but you actually uh, are kind of blown back slightly. And you fall. Um, And like you try to right yourself and end up falling... Kind of face on two-step. So you're going to take one bashing damage.
1: Okay. Do I bite my tongue? No. I guess that's good. One bashing damage. Now, this is an interesting way that the health system works. So you fill in your dots of how much health you have. Yes. And then you leave boxes below those dots. Yes. Now, I go left to right. That is correct. Some people can go right to left. You cannot, or whatever. You know, like if you start filling them in from the right, I'm not going to judge you.
0: That that's bad and wrong, though.
1: <laughs> but rainy will, because you're bad and you should feel bad. Yes. Um, but for bashing damage, you just do a, a slash, a forward slash.
0: I don't care which direction you slash because both of them can be made into an X as needed. So I'm cool with whatever.
1: That's true. A forward slash, as we all know, leans to the right. Like if you had an upright line and sort of pushed it over like a domino and it leaned to the right, that's that's a forward slash.
0: Okay. So you have forward slashed your first box? Yes. Okay. So, you pick yourself up. Ah,
1: motherfucker!
0: You're kind of right at the top of the sixth floor still.
1: I'm going to, like, kind of wipe my mouth off and look for blood. See if there's any there. Oh, yeah, there, there's a bit of blood. God damn it! <laughs> spit out maybe a mouthful of whatever. Yeah, you
0: spit it out into the blackness.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, That sounds like something I would do and, and curse a little bit. To ease the pain. Scientifically uh, proven. Yes. This is science here now. Carter doesn't necessarily know that uh, in a scientific way, but he definitely knows that in a very holistic uh, hedge wizard sort of way. I'm going to look down at the bottle in my hand. Yes. And it might be somewhat foolhardy, but I'm going to take a swig. And uh, even though it stings, my mouth oh, and yeah. I'm gonna swish around and swallow uh, and take the swallow because I, uh, you know, need something to take the edge off here.
0: Sure, yeah it it stings and you swallow what's functionally a mouthful of blood and alcohol, Ugh. which like, you know, it it turns your stomach a little bit, especially because mm. you haven't eaten anything. Also true. Um, but you know you are otherwise unharmed by the act.
1: You know I can't actually remember the last time I ate something. So, hmm, interesting.
0: Uh, and
1: I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna continue on here. And okay. I think, is that wind still around?
0: Uh, it's not very strong down here on the sixth floor.
1: Hmm, okay. Well, all right. We'll see what happens. Because I, I wanna get a feel for that wind that doesn't feel right.
0: All right. So you carefully make your way back up the stairs. You're- gripping the handrails pretty tightly Hmm. um and you wanted to use your eyes you said yes uh so go ahead and do that
1: so this is a a better role for me this int plus composure Mm. okay all right i got a 10 and a nine so that's two successes. Two
0: successes.
1: My first time with two successes this game.
0: <laughs> um, so this wind is not natural. Um, and one of the main ways you can tell that, your piece of evidence, um, is that it seems to like be swirling around the building, not like going in one direction, but curving around the outside. Kind of, of making the a lapse. Yes.
1: Okay. All right. Um So I'm in I'm in the lead right now. Everyone else behind me?
0: Yes. They uh backed up and gave you some space when you fell.
1: Yeah, they kind of <laughs> they, they all watched me eat shit
0: and then curse a lot and drink some bourbon.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. It sucks. I meant to see if there was a lighter in Nikki's apartment that I could take with me, but I forgot. So so I don't have one of those right now, but that's okay. Uh, so it's not really windy right now. So to communicate with the people, I
0: don't have to like shout really no, or anything. you don't. Okay. Uh, so you kind of head back down the stairs a little bit to where they're waiting in the sixth floor sort of region.
1: Okay. So it's... It's really windy out here, and I don't live here, so I don't know if that's normal, but...
0: It's not really windy right here.
1: Not right now, but there is... I didn't just slip just now, okay? Something knocked me over, and it was was a wind, and I think that it's making the rounds. It's not like a normal gust of wind. It seems to be circling the building, and I want you guys to watch out for
0: that. Be Are careful. You, you sure it's a good idea to take everyone up this rickety fire escape then?
1: Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? no it's not necessarily a good idea and but you know we don't have any like mountaineering equipment or whatever we can't do the whole tie each other to together by our waists thing that you see people do
0: we could take the elevator up i mean but if your goal was to get to the penthouse we'd need the key the elevator key that i guess the maintenance guys would have it in their office
1: Okay, where's the maintenance office? Uh, 5A. On the fifth floor? Yes. And we know how to get to the fifth floor.
0: Well, the elevator seems to, like, go in there.
1: All right. Uh. Okay, you know, let's let's check that out. This uh, outside staircase thing will be a last resort. Makes sense. So we head back in. Okay. Through Nikki's apartment. Yes. I remember last time I was here, I wanted to see if there was a cigarette lighter or yeah. an aim and flame or any of that kind yeah, of Yeah, he has whatever. like a Bic
0: lighter that he tosses to you. Sweet. Thank you, Nikki. No problem.
1: <laughs> so now I have a cigarette lighter. So we're going to add this to my inventory. Big lighter. Good. <laughs> and and now we're back in the hallway.
0: Alright, so you've left. Let me just, just roll. I mean, no reason. So don't worry about it.
1: I don't in general.
0: Okay. So you leave his apartment. He kind of closes the door locks it behind him. Um, and you see someone at the end of the hall. Okay. Uh, it looks like someone's just working.
1: Cool. I'm gonna call out to him. Um, hey, uh, guy, come here. Come so here for a second,
0: she doesn't turn around. Oh, it's a chick. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, it looks like a maid. Like she's dusting. Uh, right. she's dusting some framed paintings that are at the end of the hall. Um,
1: are those the? Is that the elevator end of the hall
0: or the opposite? No, it's end of the, the hall? opposite end of the hall.
1: Okay. Has my crew uh poured out into the hallway behind me? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And she's in a really old fashioned looking, like maid uniform? Mm-hmm. And she's just dusting the frames of the
1: paintings on the wall. So does my uh my holler to her kind of like die mid stride? Kind of as I sort of as I start to notice like this doesn't seem like the kind of income level of building that would have a staff, you know, for that sort of thing, let alone in that kind of uniform. And that's just kind of weird.
0: She also does not react to your call at all. Yeah, I'm going to eye her with my <laughs> You strands. love eyeing everything. <laughs> Man, no.
1: You can determine whether something comes from natural or supernatural origin, and it's called Eye for the Strange. So when something looks fucking weird, which this is a World of Darkness (laughs) game, is going to happen all the damn time. This
0: story in particular is like strange on strange on strange. Yeah, so it's no,
1: like, it shouldn't come as a surprise that I'm going to use Eye for the Strange left, right, and center. I
0: just like the idea of like you walking out to the hallway and you see something and you're like, give it the hard eye. And then you like go look out the window and you give that the hard eye. Like you're just walking around eyebrow first. Like at everything.
1: Like, like Nikki tosses me a lighter and I'm like, dun, dun,
0: dun. Yeah.
1: It's this dramatic hamster or whatever at everything.
0: And everyone just stops and like watches you do it. Because you're just like shaking at the thing.
1: It's like, okay. Before this becomes too much of a Saturday Night Live skit. Let me
0: yeah, use your eyes. check
1: to see if this maid is strange. Alright. Do uh, you seriously I seriously need a box to roll my dice? Do you want in. a lid?
0: Because I have a lid.
1: I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay. Nice, dude. I got a nine and a ten. And a six.
0: So All right, two successes. Two. Yes. So, at first glance, she looked like a, you know, normal person, although in abnormal clothing. Um, But giving her the hard eye, you see now that she is slightly translucent, and so are the paintings. Okay. You can see the wall behind them.
1: All right. Well, um, I don't have any uh, ghost-busting experience And I would say that I am afraid of no ghost, (laughs) which, uh, given that the original lyric is a double negative, (laughs) kind of says the same thing. What I'm trying to say is I am afraid of a ghost, so I'm going to leave it alone.
0: Well, what I need you to do is make a breaking point roll, because you've never seen a ghost before. Okay.
1: Let's see. That's my resolve.
0: And you're going to take away one of your dice, because this is... Computer. Something that you have no way of knowing how to handle.
1: Take away.
0: A yes, die. it's a negative modifier. All right, so for a non-violent supernatural thing that is beyond your comprehension.
1: So you hear that, boys and girls? That is the sweet sound of four dice shaken.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: two, 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 four.
0: Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna have you go ahead and. We're going to remove one of your integrity points. You're going to lose one. Oh, no. But you're going to get a beat. Oh, and actually, you've had a dramatic failure as well, right? Uh, On the stairs?
1: uh, Yeah, no successes. Yeah, I had no successes on the stairs.
0: Well, no. Yeah, and it was a risk. So it was a dramatic failure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I risked it. So you have two beats now.
1: Okay. Let me go out to Shroot Farms. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool sound. And retrieve some counters. Some beats. Sorry. Beats by Dre.
0: Yeah. So you have two.
1: So I took out five. Why? Because that's my goal. Right. And these are just little glass beads from Chessex. They are. Blue Glass Gaming Stones from Chessex, everybody. Chessex.com. Not sponsored. (laughs) Well, I want to pretend like I'm a real podcaster and have to do reads. Not really. That would fucking suck. All right. There's my two beats. Okay. So far. Cool. Now, these dice are like not being cool to me, so I'm going to find a lid to roll it real quick.
0: Okay. And right, you have your rolly box? Back
1: with my rolly box, patent pending. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I'm looking to see if I want to give you another condition based on what you're seeing. Um, but no, I think I'm happy with the one you have. I'm okay with letting you keep that. Okay. All right. Um... Rachel kind of turns her head and she's like, that's those weren't there before. That's Mm. Josiah Hill. Hmm. Oh, the painting. Wow.
1: We can see that they're that close.
0: They're huge. They're just like, one of the paintings is really big. There's like a giant main painting with the like smaller paintings around it.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, uh, Rachel, sweetheart, um, I think that, uh, I don't know how else to say this, I think that those paintings and that maid might be, uh, apparitions. I don't think they're actually, uh, there in a conventional sense.
0: Well, that matches up with the mysterious void that we just had to climb through so uh yeah but how strange and
1: Mm, i think we should leave him alone
0: i think that's sullivan barnes in the painting behind huh how weird
1: so this is the light like your librarian is showing right now (laughs) is what's happening
0: oh i'm i'm sorry but she doesn't seem to notice us
1: and that's cool i like it that way I'm just interested in how you know these things.
0: Oh, well, it's, you know, a little bit of local history, especially when you're living in a historic building. I mean, that guy's face is on the plaque out front. But uh, but no, I mean, in this generic city, um, you know, everyone knows a little bit about Josiah Hill. I mean, they were the family that owned almost all the land around here.
1: Huh. Yeah. No no relation to Jonah Hill.
0: I mean, I haven't done the genealogy, but... But maybe. <laughs> but I thicken. mean, from, from the stories, though, the entire family was in the house during that fire. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, do you want to take a closer look or should we head the other way?
1: So... Here's where, if this was a video game, it would, like, pause. Right? Because.
0: Well, you're in a conversation tree.
1: Yeah. And um, there's also, you know, I don't know if I want to resolve my shaken condition right now. But um, I definitely am, you know, afraid of what's going on with this ghost. Yeah. And these paintings. Yeah. You know. Um, so, uh, we, we could investigate the ghost and then when a roll comes up, I could opt to fail it. And that would resolve my shaken condition.
0: Well, so what are the exact, like, requirements of your shaken again?
1: Anytime your character takes an action where fear may hinder them, You may opt to fail the roll and resolve this condition.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: So I'm thinking a fear would definitely hinder me in investigating this ghostiness.
0: Yeah, and I'm okay with the idea being like, in this case, the action would be approaching to investigate. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't necessarily roll to do that normally. So I'm okay if you wanted to resolve it by refusing to approach because it prevents you from taking action
1: mm, okay well I'll hang on to it for now because I don't want to refuse to approach I I'm, I'm not looking for a cheap way out is the thing okay. so so yeah it's like okay you know um Rachel yeah you're you look like a strong individual and I, think you should help. So, I took a
0: karate like all four years of my degree fair. in college.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you ever take any ghost karate per chance?
0: Ghosts. Anyway,
1: let's go check out this uh, uh, situation yeah. up here.
0: It's scary, huh? You're scared?
1: Well, that's why. Carter's I'm, scared. That's why I'm cracking jokes.
0: Okay. So Rachel leads you up to the maid. Mm-hmm. Um, So... The largest portrait depicts a pair of men, one seated. Uh, That's the one that she identified as Josiah Hill. And you do recognize it looks just like the little portrait that was on the brass plaque outside. And there's another man standing with his hands on the chair's back, kind of behind him. Um, And that's the one that she had referred to as she thinks it was Sullivan Barnes. Okay. Um and then you're starting to like look around more, like the maid still hasn't turned around, like she's just this kind of see-through dusting thing. Um but then you notice that the portraits start to burn with an unseen flame. So you don't see fire, but you see the canvas like stretch top and kind of darken. Um and then you see that the maid's skin starts to darken and wither. Okay. Um, and then you see her uniform start to smolder and smoke. And she turns around and she looks at you. Uh, but not really at you, like through you. Oh. Like she doesn't see you.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: And she just looks like she's pleading for something. And then everything vanishes.
1: Okay. So, um, that is consistent with, um, the knowledge that I have of what, uh, befell what this building,
0: the building that was on this land before the apartment was built.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: The Hill Manor. It
1: washes with what happened at Hill Manor. Yes. So, um,
0: so Rachel kind of reaches up and like touches the wall where the paintings were, And she's like, it's, I mean, it's like they weren't here because they weren't here.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's so weird. Yeah, that kind of washes with what happened to Hill Manor. If you think about it.
0: She gets to resolve her condition. um, Leading you into a ghost. Luckily a nonviolent one, but. She just walked you right into it, which was part of hers. So you may take a beat for her resolving her condition.
1: Oh, nice. I helped Rachel resolve her condition.
0: Technically, this is your party. So you get credit for their stuff as well.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: But yeah. So, um, she's like, well, what, what were we doing again?
1: Um we were Oh yeah, that's a good question. What were we doing?
0: You were heading to five A, the maintenance room, to find the elevator key to the penthouse.
1: That's right, that's right. So we were gonna uh take the elevator to the third floor, which would end up
0: Well, you're gonna try to go to the on fifth floor. The fifth. Yeah. You might just be able to go to the fifth floor. No one's tried that yet. <laughs> just saying.
1: Yeah. I'd say this calls for a, Science. a a healthy bit of a scientific approach to the situation, yeah.
0: All right, so you head back to the elevators?
1: Yes, we rejoin the party by walking back down the hallway. Yes. Because we went the opposite way to look at the maid ghost. Yes.
0: Everyone looks kind of like confused and freaked out, which is not abnormal for what's been going on so far. Turned out
1: to be nothing, guys. Don't worry about it. At
0: least nothing now, at least.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, no point in dwelling on it.
0: All right. So you guys go back to the elevators.
1: Let's take the elevator to the fifth floor.
0: So you get in. You pull the gate down. Mm-hmm. You kachunka the five. Right. And the elevator lurches and goes down. And the doors open. Gate still closed, obviously. And the wall says... Five. Cool.
1: Sounds like, or er- it, it appears as though we made it to the fifth floor. True. So, let's open the gate. I'm gonna open the gate. I want to open the gate.
0: So you open the gate, and you kind of look down the hallway, ish both ways. Mm-hmm. Kind of walk out a little bit, and you realize the fifth floor is kind of a horror show. What compared to the floor that you were on. What? (laughs) Um, There are broken lights like flickering in the hallway, and there are these weird dark stains all over the walls. Um, You can hear like laughing and growling um, like in distant parts of the floor. Um, And you have a feeling that maybe just walking around here or attracting too much notice might be a bad idea on this floor.
1: Okay. So whose idea was it to go to the maintenance uh, worker's apartment and get the penthouse key?
0: Well, you had mentioned you wanted to go to the penthouse. People were kind of worried about trying to use the fire escape. So so it was brought up that the maintenance guys would have have the key in their office.
1: Okay. So I don't know whose idea it was to... look for the maintenance key to the penthouse in apartment 5a but um i don't think that that's necessarily a viable strategy anymore because there seems to be some shit going down on this floor that we don't want to be a part of
0: do you think we could just get into a and get back to elevator
1: how close is a to the elevator
0: it is the closest room to the elevator because it's a
1: okay uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's sneak over there All right. real quick. Now we don't have to Scooby-Doo style it. We can leave some of the party in the elevator
0: while, wow. right. who do you want to take with you?
1: I don't know that I should necessarily go cause I'm not very, very sneaky, you know? So, you know, is there anybody here who, you know, I, n- we're not here to judge anyone okay, is there anyone good at sneaking here who who might sneak up and and sneak into the apartment, grab the key, and come back? Because I've never skulked or sneaked in my life.
0: Nikki's like, it's not really my thing. (laughs) Um, You definitely have people in the party uh, who seem dexterous, but not necessarily... With any particular experience in sneaking, okay. Uh, Nikki can do a little bit of it, but yeah, but his Dex isn't that good, so it kind of just makes up for it. Everyone well, has about three dice out of character, just to give you an idea.
1: Well, if, uh, I mean, if Rachel is uh is Dexy for mm-hmm. being a runner, yeah, and athletic and fit,
0: yes. You know, these things are all true
1: and, she, and, and so on. You She's know. like,
0: do you want me to scout?
1: Yeah, if you could uh, scout ahead and sprint back, if you have any uh, issues, we're going to keep the gate, you know, on standby to slam it down behind you after you dive into the elevator
0: the last second,
1: if necessary.
0: OK, so she leaves, doesn't make much of a sound. But you're not sure that you would necessarily hear it anyway over, like, the weird sounds you're hearing kind of across the floor. Right. Um, and it takes a couple minutes. But then you see a shape round the corner. And it's Rachel. And she's, like, hurrying back to the elevator. And she's like, the door is open. Uh, but I heard, like rustling. Um, So there's someone or something in there, but I didn't really want to just kick the door open and see what was going on. Um, But if we want to go back and check it out, the hall to get there seems clear. Um, I mean, I guess we can also try taking the fire escape down from Nikki's apartment because it's A to A. But I don't know if we want to try going through the window.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't even know if this key that we need is in there.
0: Well, I know that both the maintenance guys have the key because sometimes they have to unlock the elevator for like the fire drills and stuff like that. Um, And I think they also have, like if any of us lose our keys, there's like a key box, you know, with all the hooks and stuff. Like in the office. So
1: So the office is... In their apartment,
0: five A is the maintenance office slash their apartment.
1: Okay, so there's like a key box on the wall.
0: Yeah, where I, they all
1: hang with those little plastic squares with a notch cut out of them. Right, sort of deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. If, if the coast is clear, let's let's go check that out.
0: All right. So, who's with me? They're I mean, everyone board. will go with you. Okay. If you're going. Yeah. Um. And much like Rachel told you, the door to the office is open. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a little placard on it that says MAINT 5A. (laughs) Okay. Um, And you hear, like, kind of scuffle from within, like shuffling sounds. Mm -hmm. There is an iPod lying on the floor right in front of the open door. And you can hear like music blasting on it. It sounds like punk music. It's all like tinny and far away, but it's like, it's loud enough that it's kind of covering the sound you guys are making. Okay. I'll pick it up. All right. So you have an iPod. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Fantastic. I'm not going to pause it or anything. Okay. Is it trailing some earbuds or yeah. something yeah, like that? Yeah. They're
0: like little earbuds attached to it.
1: Okay. Well, kind of as, as I walk forward, hopefully I have a high enough dex to be able to walk forward and wind those uh, earbuds slowly around it okay. without pausing it or turning it off.
0: Yeah, you're able to do that. That's not a problem. Cool. So you're trying to be quiet is what I'm gathering. Yes. All right. So what would you like to do? So the door is open. It opens in. Um, but, you know, you'd have to, like, it's not all the way open. Okay. So you're enough to get close to look through it or you can like kick it open, no, I guess, or no, no, whatever that would makes be you happy. Terrible.
1: So I'm gonna take a position by the hinge side okay. of the door. I'm gonna give Nikki a significant look.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm gonna kinda look at the uh knob side of the door.
0: Yeah. You're giving him the go look in there. I With just...
1: the idea and, and I'm gonna put my hand on the door slowly. As all of this. And this pantomime uh, is intended to convey that, uh, you know, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to push this door open. Yeah. And as I do, you're going to be on the other side and we're both going to kind of look in. But you're going to be ready to clobber something if necessary.
0: So he kind of gives you a nod, reaches in his pocket, and he puts some brass knuckles on his his left hand.
1: Okay. I'm going to kind of look at him like... With with that uh, slightly bemused,
0: yeah, he gives you a grin. Okay, a little wink.
1: I'll give him not bad face.
0: Okay, so you push the door open,
1: and hopefully there is no squeak.
0: There is not. This is a well oiled hinge because
1: it is the maintenance office. They do their job. I was kind of expecting this. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you.
0: So you see. When you open the door, like you and Nikki are kind of standing there together in the doorway. Uh-huh. And there are two men in maintenance outfits.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, the residents would recognize them. You do not. Um, and they are pushing and shoving each other um, over a corpse slumped against the back wall. Um they are making kind of growling noises at each other. And every once in a while, some one of them will say something in this like weird broken gibberish that makes no sense. And you can see that the corpse's clothes are all torn and bloody. Um, there is an apparent wound across its throat. Um, you can see that one eye is like hanging from the socket in its face. Um, and the younger one stops fighting kind of looks up. and you notice his eyes are like clouded over hmm. like cataract style.
1: but is it just the pupil of the iris or is it the whole eye sclera and everything?
0: Not completely over? white, but clouded over completely. Okay. Yeah, so like you can kind of see the structures underneath, but it's definitely not clear. and
1: so I'm gonna go ahead and assume. Now this is an assumption yes. on on Carter's part
0: mm-hmm.
1: that this is supernatural in origin. I'm not gonna eye for the strange. It he's just gonna make this call. <laughs> yeah. That th- based on how his other eyes for the strange have been going, and what the the general atmosphere uh-huh. of this floor. That this is not natural. Now, whether he's right or not, no idea. Right. This is just what he has made up his mind
0: right. is taking place. So. Right now. The older man, like, looks up, sees the open door, sees you guys out there, and, like, kind of sh- scurries off into the back room. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, And the younger one kind of, like... It, locks on your location.
1: At what point can I look around for the uh,
0: the key hanger box? Yeah, you want to do that really quick? Yeah. Yeah, you see it right over the desk. So there's like the door opens. There's kind of this little like makeshift sort of like front desk set up. Um, and then just beyond that on the wall, you see it's right there. Okay. And uh, so the younger one like straightens up. Mm-hmm. He goes, and he jumps over the desk at you. At me? Well, at you guys in general, at the doorway. Okay. All right. So I need you to roll your initiative.
1: Can do. My initiative is five.
0: Okay. So you're going to roll your 1d10 and add five.
1: I got an eight total.
0: I'm just rolling initiative for everybody else really quickly. So Rachel got a nine. Nikki is going to go in between because he tied, but rolled lower on the roll-off. Um, and then Michael got a six. And then Brandon, that's the maintenance boy. He's going to go last. Okay. So Rachel gets to react first, um, but she's not in the doorway right now. Mm-hmm. But you see her kind of drop into this defensive posture, and like put her hand out and kind of keep Janice behind her. Okay, respect. All right, Nikki. Nikki actually steps forward.
1: Good. That's Um, what he's supposed to do. (laughs) Good job, Nikki. You
0: gave him the get ready to clock something, guys. I did.
1: I'm glad he picked up on those. (laughs) He's a very good Russian henchman.
0: So so he is going to roll some dice.
1: Come on, Nikki. Do you need a box? I do not. Good. (laughs) That's a good sign.
0: All right. So. All right. So. Nikki takes a swing, but the maintenance guy, question mark, is moving really erratically and strangely. And so he kind of doesn't quite connect the way that he wanted to. So he kind of takes a step back. And it's your turn. What would you like to do? Okay.
1: So he's basically leaping over the desk Mm -hmm. at us. Yes. And this is a sort of hallway... Sort of environment. Yes. Okay. I'm um, going to focus my considerable will. Yes. And using my mind, I'm going to try to deflect the uh, maintenance boy into the wall. So if he's leaping towards us, I'm going to try and deflect his trajectory into the wall on Nikki's side of the hallway. Okay. Um, and the less dramatic explanation of what I'm doing is I'm going to spend a willpower to attack with my telekinesis ability.
0: Right.
1: Um, and, and since I'm assuming he weighs more than 100 pounds, I can't like grab him and like throw him violently. You cannot
0: throw him but, but you can I can use that shove that him with him. 100
1: pounds of force. Yes. Which is not insignificant. Right. To try and deflect his trajectory to kind of, like, push him into the wall. Right. With that force. Sure, yeah. In terms of a, so, and and because it's, like, bashing damage, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, um going to spend a willpower to do that. And this is one of those things where... So I have to spend a willpower to activate it.
0: Yes. And, and then a you roll.
1: And if I wanted to wager a willpower, that'd be another one on top of it.
0: So, right, if you're risking willpower, which technically at this point would be towards your Vigil, it's fine to do. Um, yes, it, you would potentially lose another one. Right. But that's not guaranteed unless you fail.
1: So instead of just spending one to use it, I could risk one
0: and spend one
1: and spend one yes okay uh let's do that okay are you gonna
0: do the three extra dice
1: yes but i think so okay but what are the other options when you risk so you can take three
0: extra dice Mm -hmm. you can change the rule from 10 again to nine again i had to double check that Mm -hmm. or you can change the rule so that three successes are an exceptional success. But in this case, since it's an attack, that wouldn't really work.
1: So I only have four dice. So I think I'm going to hedge my bets with the bigger dice pool.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right.
1: So I spend one no matter what.
0: Yes. So this technically, I mean, it's not a ranged attack. It sort of works like a melee attack, but he can't use his defenses because he can't see what's coming at him yeah so any successes you make will turn into damage because he has no defense okay okay
1: and that's uh i'm attacking with this ability so it's telekinesis plus a cult
0: right so it's two plus two? two yeah
1: total four plus three for my wagered willpower right okay see one one success so far okay And, yeah, I only got one. Okay. But I get an additional willpower for that.
0: Yeah, so you get the one back you spent. Right.
1: So let's just do that. Lots of erasing in this game, boys and girls.
0: So he kind of leaps at you, and what it looks like functionally is that suddenly he, like, twists to the side and, like, scrabbles up onto, like, the counter... Of the desk, and is kind of like crouched there.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and that—that's with like you know, I have the the furrowed kind of Nick Offerman brow, right? You know, with the the stern eyebrow of concentration at him. So I right. flicked my eyebrow and my stern wrinkly <laughs> between right. the eyes at him, and and that's what happened. That was a result if i may i approach this as a collaborative storytelling game so if i make up shit that happens obviously the storyteller can override that but i try and help is all i'm saying
0: Yeah, absolutely so michael kind of like moves into the room past you
1: oh michael yeah
0: yeah the paramedic
1: he's a thing still yeah
0: he like sees the body Mm -hmm. he kind of makes a face but one that tells you this isn't the worst thing he's seen
1: Okay.
0: Um, and like gets this really determined sort of look on his face. Um, and just kind of like rushes at the maintenance boy. Mm. So he's gonna try to knock him off the counter, which is gonna be a dirty fighting move, which he has a specialty in. Nice. So he's gonna have a few dices. Alright, I have one success in one ten. So I ended up with two successes. How is is this guy's defense is too high. Alright, so he goes in to try to like kind of push him off the counter, but uh, the thing that was the maintenance man does not lose his balance. Kind of like scrabbles and keeps his position. Alright, so that would bring us to Brandon all right so the thing uh-huh. um i mean looks like a guy he's got kind of this curly black hair um it's all matted and dirty it has blood and dust in it right now Gross. um he has tattooed arms Um, And you notice that his left forearm has this like giant piece of wood sticking out of it. It looks like it was part of a door at some point. Um, And he just kind of like screeches and he makes another leap. And this time he's going to leap at Michael because Michael is the closest person to him. Yeah, and Michael's able to kind of sidestep and get away with from him. Alright. So and now I'm gonna make sure we're using our combat rules correctly, but yes. Rachel says, Do you need me in there? Yes. Okay. That would be helpful. So she kind of like ninja runs in. <laughs> Does
1: she have the, the two fingers held out oh, yeah. in front of her yeah. and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh,
0: cool. <laughs> Um, she's going to use her fighting style, so she gets to take three days away.
1: I mean, four years of karate—not for nothing, but seems like it would be, you know, that would would give you some level of expertise, you know, appreciable level. I don't know. All
0: right, so she runs in and kind of does this little quick series of two hits. Mm -hmm. Um which you hear connect Ooh. um, and you see the maintenance boy kind of like reel and adjust, but he's still on the counter. <laughs> so I see. All this, right. This guy's
1: pretty tough.
0: So it is Nikki's turn. So Nikki is not going to be outdone by a girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. That's whatever motivates you, pal.
0: All right. So he gets a hit in as well.
1: With his brass knuckles.
0: True. Uh, what would you like to do?
1: Um, <clears throat> there's not really a whole lot I can do um, here really with what I have. And I have other... Uh, people, you know, uh around this guy. Yeah. So, let's
0: see here. So you're just going to run around the counter?
1: Around the counter. Yeah, I'll go for the key. I'll go for the keys. That's what I'll do. Okay. Cuz these two guys are engaging him. I'm going to try and get All 3 key. of
0: them are. Yeah. Janice is in the hallway. <laughs>
1: Janice is in the hallway by herself.
0: Well, she's like right outside the door. She did not come in to where the body and the fighting were. Well, that's good. Yeah.
1: Just, she can just stay there for now. She has merit in other ways that will become apparent later. Um, And she's part of the glue that holds the group together. So okay. she's okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm so, going to go for the keys. Okay. Um, I would like you to roll a breaking point for the body. Okay. But I'm going to give you one extra die because you are not focused on it. You are doing something else. But I'm assuming your character hasn't seen a murdered body before.
1: No, but, you know, in my time as a construction worker, You've seen I've injuries. seen workplace accidents and injuries and stuff, so... But
0: not, like, slit throats and torn out eyeballs?
1: No, nothing in a like corpse that, yeah. With people fighting over it? Right, yeah. nothing like that. Okay.
0: Mm-mm. Well, then let's roll.
1: (laughs) I do have an eight.
0: That is a success.
1: So that'll do it.
0: All right. So you do not lose any more of your integrity. Which
1: is good. I'm starting to fall from grace.
0: All right. So you run around the counter to the key box. Um, Mm -hmm. You yank it open.
1: Yank it open.
0: And you see that it's kind of set up. There are eight rows of keys. Okay. Because it's by floor. Okay. Yeah.
1: That makes it easier.
0: Yeah. So you're going to spend this turn getting the penthouse key. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you see it's right at the bottom in the eighth row. There's, it says there's two keys there. Um, One is like a long kind of metal shaft almost. Mm -hmm. And that's labeled Ella. And then there's one that looks more like a house key.
1: Okay. I'm going to grab them both, of course.
0: Okay. All right. You do so.
1: Put them in my pocket, okay. in my sport coat.
0: Well, you grab them. That's your action for this one.
1: Grab them. They're in my hand.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. Um, And then Michael's going to go. Michael gets another hidden, kind of like pulls his legs out from under him. Um, So the maintenance guy like falls on his... But really hard on the counter. Mm-hmm. He's kind of on his back right now. Okay.
1: The maintenance guy's uh, knocked over on top of the desk right now.
0: Yes. Okay. So his like head's kind of towards you right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then it is his turn. So let's see what he's gonna do. He's gonna use his move to get up.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not my turn yet, so, okay. Tis not.
0: And who's he going to strike out at? Probably Michael, since Michael just knocked him over. Yeah. So he only gets two dice. All right. So he gets a good kick in Michael's face. Hmm. So Michael kind of staggers back a little bit seems fine but you know kick in the face is not pleasant alright um and then is Rachel's turn so she gets a really good hit in on him um and like he's kind of staggered and you can see like he's still kind of like violent but his body is not responding very well to it um so let me do a quick roll here okay So, it is Nikki's turn. Okay. Nikki sees a stagger as an opportunity. Okay. Rather than a reason to stop.
1: Now, there's a tiny voice in the back of my head. Yeah. That's piping up saying, you know, this may not be this poor kid's fault, you know. I don't know if we should necessarily just straight kill this guy. Because maybe he can't help it. You know, right? Like, Do you say anything? Yeah, I, I think maybe I'll have enough time to get out of like, you know, wait, just don't, you know, like try to knock him out. Maybe like I don't I don't know that I'll have enough time to like articulate this whole sentence of what I'm trying to say. Okay, you know, you know, maybe maybe I'll just have enough time to say, wait, maybe he's
0: okay, so. Nikki kind of looks at you and like mid swing he just kind of like grabs his legs instead and like pulls him down. So he has him grappled okay. currently. Um and it is your turn.
1: Oh, okay. So can we assume Hollywood knockout rules in this game or What do you mean? Okay, so in Hollywood in the movies and TV shows, you get bonked on the head and you fall unconscious, and because you're a guard or whatever or something like that, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and the hero like smacks you on the on the head, catches you flat-footed, right? And you fall to the ground unconscious. Yes. Uh and then you wake up like a couple hours later, and you're fine, right? Uh, the real world doesn't work that way. If you lose consciousness due to blunt force trauma to the head if you wake up you're like not the same person.
0: (laughs) It depends a little bit. Um, I would say that if your goal was to like you're kind of pulling your punch you're specifically trying to do a certain thing. You're not as likely to cause specific brain damage to him. Um, If you were just beating him until he ran out of squares due to bashing then you're just knocking him out like ground and pound style you know and so you're more likely to cause severe injury
1: okay so i want to subdue this guy but I, i don't want to like if if he's just a poor hapless maintenance guy who's like possessed or whatever you know and it's not his fault then it's like we shouldn't just like you know go zero to 60 on him and fuck him up you know we're we're essentially killing an innocent at that point and that's not cool with me okay even even through the fog of my grief yeah i have enough of who i was left i think to make that call
0: what's your virtue again patience okay not mercy right um okay so what would you like to do
1: well i want to and that's why I'm asking, because if it's Hollywood rules with knockout, you can just knock a guy out with a bonk on the head, and that's the, like, good guy move.
0: Right. You know, I mean, you could put him in, like, a hold or something, because his head is towards you.
1: That's true. Um, I could try that.
0: Because he's grappled right now, so he has no defense.
1: So I could try and choke him out, Yeah, basically. is what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> Oh, okay. Because I ha- I also have my my bourbon bottle, which honestly, a, a bottle is a very good like blunt instrument as well. Yeah. and it's not going to break like it does in Hollywood. No,
0: I mean you could do that. You could you can bash him on the head, or you could put him in a hold.
1: No, and that's what I'm saying. In the context of this universe, is a is a bonk on the noggin. It's, you know, with it's a it's not going to like. cause him
0: long term issues. Okay. It might give him a concussion.
1: Okay, so I don't have to. I can sleep at night. Knowing that if I bonk this dude on the head and knock him out, that I have humanely subdued him for now. Yes. Okay. And that's what I'm concerned about. Okay. I'm going to try that, actually. And my strength plus uh, brawl and my strength plus weaponry and my dex plus those things is the same. It's all two dice. Okay. No matter what.
0: Right. Um, you're using the bottle. Is that what you're doing? Which one are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to try and like. So you're going to take one die away because it's an improvised weapon. Okay. It's not designed to do this.
1: So I have one die. Yeah. Here it all rides on this. Yeah. And I I've risked willpower already. This. uh, In this room, yeah. In this scene. Yes. So. See, uh, you can spend it, but
0: you can't risk it. Yeah. So it's up to you. You could spend a willpower.
1: If I was going to spend it, I would just smack him with uh,
0: no, my mind. Fine. Yeah.
1: Because. Um,
0: so you technically have more dice if you were going to put him in a hold at this point.
1: If I was going to try and grapple him, try and choke him out.
0: Yeah. Because he'd be strength plus brawl.
1: That's true. And that would be two dice.
0: Wait, you because you don't have any brawl. I don't have any brawl. Okay.
1: And my strength is two.
0: Yeah, so you'd have two dice instead of one if you weren't beating him with a bottle.
1: Okay, I'll try and I'll try and choke him out, you know. And I I think that whether or not you watch MMA, whether or not you've taken any uh, jujitsu classes, I think that like every schoolyard boy like is familiar with the like arm around the neck from behind and like you know grab your other arm and like try and lock it down. I mean, maybe, maybe I just am from the streets, but that yeah. was just common knowledge when yeah. I was a kid. I think that's just yeah. instinctive. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to try. Yeah. You know, nothing fancy. Just.
0: No, you're, you're grabbing them around the head. You
1: neck. grab someone around the
0: neck. You put yeah. them in a
1: headlock basically. Yeah. Okay. That's what you're doing. It's not expertly executed because he has well, no training.
0: Yeah. That's why you have two dice.
1: Whatsoever. That's why I have two dice. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Yeah. You know, he's not coming out of nowhere with fucking jujitsu skills. Okay, let's see what happens. Uh I got a five and a ten. Nice. So ten again. And another five. Okay. So, so you got a success. Ten. Yes.
0: So you grab him because I mean Nick is already holding him. So you just kind of grab him around the neck and prevent him from, like, sitting back up, basically. Right. Um, And you're, like, holding him there for a little bit. You don't really feel like you're choking him out, necessarily. Like, it doesn't feel like it's being super effective. Um, But what you notice is he stops struggling after a little bit. And then his body kind of, like, shudders. And you see this, like, greenish-white mist kind of coalesce from out of his mouth. And kind of like dissipate into uh, the air.
1: That's like right by my head.
0: Yeah. So that's not cool. But you see it really well. i want to like hold my breath. And his <sighs> body kind of just relaxes. Okay.
1: Let's let him go before, you know, we choke him into retard. Um,
0: yeah. So you let go. Permanent damage And like step back. Brain damage. Um, and he's just lying there. Like sprawled half off the counter. Okay. Um, and from the back room. You hear footsteps. Okay. And you see the other man come out. Mm -hmm. Um, His eyes look normal. Okay. And he looks at the counter Mm -hmm. and he goes, oh, Brandon, no. And he runs over and like cradles the boy's head to him.
1: Okay. I will try and reassure him. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. We We didn't want to hurt him. We didn't want to hurt him. We were just trying to... Get him to stop. And, and he relaxed. I think he's going to be okay. I'm, I'm no paramedic. <laughs> give, give, so, like, uh, Michael comes Michael in and he's, like, the, uh, hard
0: he's, eyes. <laughs> he's breathing, like, mucous membranes look good, like, you know, eyes are responsive.
1: Doing the whole hold the eyelid open and shine a little yeah. flashlight in him and stuff. Because yeah. he just has a little flashlight on him. Yeah. It's part of his EDC.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh so yeah so he does um okay. and he's like he's like Orlando don't don't worry about it he's gonna be okay but I mean I don't know what he's gonna be like when he wakes up maybe you should like zip tie his hands or something just in case and Orlando's like yeah yeah and he kind of like looks behind him to the corpse and like shutters and stuff like that and he like gets some zip ties out and like Puts his boy on the other side of the counter from the corpse. Does
1: this corpse look like... What's the deal with this corpse, if I give it a critical eye? What do you mean? In terms of... What's it dressed like? Is it a fireman? Is it a cop? Is it a guy in a business suit? Is it a prostitute? I mean,
0: it's like t-shirt and jeans. Okay. Just looks like maybe a resident or something.
1: Okay. All right. Nothing, Nothing special there. Yeah. Okay, so I have these keys, yeah, and I'm gonna take my the opportunity to put them in, in the, the pocket of my, a sport coat, yeah, or my work your jacket. work jacket, yeah, my work jacket. Sorry, yeah. I forget what I'm wearing here. And uh, so this is a maintenance office. Yes. Um, and I just I wonder if they have any, anything that would make a better weapon than a bottle of bourbon.
0: Do you ask, or yes. are you just gonna go look?
1: No, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna start searching. Right, I'm gonna ask for the guy. You know, I'm like hey, before, um, just real quick, Orlando, right? Um, yeah. Do you have anything we can use? We're trying to make our way to the penthouse, and you can stay here. That's fine. But do you have anything that might help us? Anything that might make a, you know, obviously there's some self defense need here. Do you have anything I could we could use maybe? Uh, you know, yeah.
0: so he Fire has
1: X, a hatchet, a lead pipe.
0: Yeah, um, what would your preference be? Because he definitely has, like, he has a hatchet, he has a crowbar, he has a pipe wrench, he has a mallet and a sledgehammer and that sort of stuff.
1: I'm looking for all of it to like tell my crew, like, so you guys are better at this than me. Can you take any of these to to help us out with our? <laughs> our scenario here because it's not really going to do me any good. I mean, right. it might help out a little bit, but I mean, if right. it, if I could grab a hatchet and let's say the hatchet is like a two weapon or whatever, that would help me out a little bit, but I feel like that would help Nikki out way more than it would help <laughs> me. You know? All right.
0: So I think this is actually a good place for us to pause for now. So what we can do between this chapter and the next one um, is we can have you guys look through the supply in the mm-hmm. room and okay. kind of use this as a restock opportunity.
1: Uh, that sounds good.
0: Um, and then we can kind of start up the next session having those things in play. Okay. Okay.
1: Sounds good. So I'm going to want to keep an out for maybe a, a backpack or something. that If I can lift something like that or, or a sack or a satchel from Orlando. Okay. Just as a note.
0: For yeah. next so time. we'll go ahead and do a little bit of inventory management then.
1: All right. Well, All thanks right. for having me.
0: All right. Thank you for coming to our house to do this. <laughs> I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: All right. Thank you to everyone who is probably not listening to this. <laughs> Hopefully it was interesting. Uh, and we'll be picking up uh, from the fifth floor when we get back. If you liked this podcast, we'll be releasing more along with other very nerdy content, please visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash justbarbarianthings.